What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and check our website, talklouderpodcast.com. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And today we are revisiting an old friend. Um, our guest today came on my radar about 2005, 2006, courtesy of the South by Southwest Music Festival here in Austin, Texas. He's a singer. He's a he's a fashion designer. He's got his own clothing line. He's just an all-around cool guy, loves horror movies, loves rock and roll. Cool dude. We're glad to have him with us today. And um, Jason, I know you've spent some time uh, touring with well, Chad. first off, let's say let's say his name. Yeah, Chad Cherry is Chad who we're Cherry. talking to today. Yeah, uh, front man for the Las Vegas and the Claws and whatever other project he's got that he's keeping a secret. Um, the guy is kind of a steamroller. Uh, he's fun to talk to. He's just the nicest guy in the room wherever he is, and he's well-loved and respected uh, with whomever's been in a room with him before. Um, I've had the pleasure, my band Broken Teeth, uh, touring with, uh, with the Las Vegas and, and Chad Cherry, and um, all of the things that we're saying uh, <clears throat> amplify them by 10. The guy's great, uh, gr excellent front man and singer. Uh, today he's going to, uh, tell us about, uh, you know, a tour that the Las Vegas did with Motley Crue, his hanging out with Nikki Six, um, a little bit about his influences and what influences him to write songs, new projects, and some of his clothing line and stuff like that. Um, the guy is awesome. Chad Cherry, we're glad to have him here today on the Talk Louder podcast. <laughs> welcome chad cherry to the talk louder podcast how are you man it's good right. to see you man it's good to see you guys too it's been too damn long i know yeah. how long has it been let's try and do the math real quick let's, uh, not. <laughs> let's not do any well, a math. couple weeks feels like uh, like a couple years feels like a couple weeks nowadays man yeah yeah um I uh, I did the math a little bit before we before we started taping, trying to recall when I first met you, and I think I'm going to say it was back around 2005, 2006. And um, actually, I, my first introduction to you was in a roundabout kind of way is connected to Jason here because this right here, wow, was left on the Broken Teeth tour bus and. <laughs> When I was on the bus one time, the guys in Broken you're, Teeth you're were welcome. Me, you're, yeah. you're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thank I you. Guess, I guess. You know, yeah. He stole it from you, man. The, the guys on the bus said, yeah, we... Hey, we, I need that back. <laughs> you're making me look like shit. Autograph. My autographed freaking... Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, well... That's uh, going to go for at least 15 bucks on eBay, man. <laughs> well, I'm going to sell it right after this episode. I, I, thought, I thought that's bleeding. what I paid for it at the merch booth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I stood in line to get it signed and then messed up and left it on the bus. And oh. now I have it, yeah. So, um, anyway... Uh, Merry Christmas, Dave. That, Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Merry, happy CD birthday. Was, 
this CD was left behind on the uh, Broken Teeth tour bus. And I, I, uh, one of the guys gave it to me and said, hey, we were out on the road. And uh, I don't know if you guys played a gig together or you just bumped into each other or whatever, but you obviously crossed paths. This ended up on the bus. It ended up in my stereo. And then I became a fan and just waited anxiously for you guys to come back to town and you did at South by Southwest and we quickly connected and I was at every show I could, I could get to and we became friends. And I think that goes back to about 2006, I want to say. That sounds absolutely correct, actually. Yeah, yeah that, that was a great year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you were you were one of those bands that came through town and we're we're lucky enough in Austin we have South by Southwest where thousands of bands from all over the world come to town and basically move in for a week and Yeah. Inevitably. Yeah, yeah. Your place. Yeah, yeah. You're foolish enough to become friends with us. Now we're like, "Hey, where's the pizza, Dave? Yeah, where's the now, beer?" Now I'm feeding them and uh <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had a we had a great visit. They they came into my house one time and pulled up outside. My son Dash was about three years old at the time, and he was just I, I, I could I, I could tell he was just enamored with these dudes. He's like, "Who are all these long hair freaky dudes in my house that Dad knows?" <laughs> and uh, little dude. Now he so, is a long haired freaky dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> how does that happen, guys. Dave? Tell us how that happens. Oh well, I mean, look at my background. <laughs> yeah, look at his dad. <laughs> look, look at, at my friends. Look yeah, at what we're the doing apple here. doesn't right. fall that too was... far from the tree. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, right? I didn't mean literal, but I'll listen to you tell the story again. No, so they just want to you know the guys came over to the house and we barbecued in the backyard, and Dash was getting a kick out of having all the having this band at his house. You know. Yeah. And uh, anyway, well, that's uh, called good good parenting is all yeah. that is. <laughs> it is. Mm -hmm. it really so the is. last Vegas, I remember seeing him and being totally impressed with, uh, you know, not only the music, but Chad here is is an amazing front man. If you guys have never seen him in action, he's like Chad's one of these guys that throws himself into it all the way, man. <laughs> he is not a shy dude, man. And he's everything <laughs> you want in a rock and roll front man. And so he's got this charisma that you know you just you start watching and, and you can, you just have to be a fan after that you chad know? why don't you tell us how uh the las vegas started or just basically how you started well how the las vegas started was actually really cool i was living in michigan at the time and i was on tour with this band called the nasties and I ran into a band called the crank County daredevils. Okay. We'll talk and, more about uh, them later. I'm sure. Yeah. And, uh, became good friends with those guys and I moved to Chicago and Billy velvet actually got a hold of the Arling brothers. And he was like, Chad Cherry moved to town. He's like the guy's a lead singer, but he's not cheesy. It's like, you gotta check him out. And I went to see the Las Vegas before they had a singer at uh i think it was a congress theater and it was a roller derby event and they were kind of doing the intermission or whatnot and i went to see them and they were eyeballing me i was eyeballing them and we ended up hanging out we went to the liars club afterwards and i kind of was like you guys are like the coolest band ever but you need a singer and then it kind of went from there and we hit the ground running real fast <clears throat> yeah and, and uh Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, we didn't waste any time. I mean, they already had music recorded and uh, just started like doing my homework and uh, we gelled real fast. And God, from from there, we've 
kind of done a whole lot of things. That was probably 2005, maybe the beginning of 2005. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, for those who haven't seen uh, the Las Vegas or, or Chad in any of his bands for that matter, uh, one of the, one of the things I've always admired about you is that you you, obvi- you have all the obvious rock influences as a front man. You know, I, I can see a little bit of Iggy Pop. I can see the Steven Tyler. I can see the Chris Robinson. But you also have a lot of what I would call sort of a pop star influences. I, I think of Prince. I think of even Lady Gaga, the, these big over the top personalities that have this image is that fair to say that you're equal parts rock and roll, equal parts showbiz? I think like anybody that has to get up on stage and and do their thing should probably like have a very wide reference of influences. And I'm sure Lady Gaga and obviously Princess too. And I mean, rock and roll is pretty much like the bloodstream, but you know, pop music is pretty interesting at times as well. The older stuff, uh, more than the newer stuff for, for me. But yeah, I mean, you don't want to be bored when you see somebody get up on stage. And how many bands do you see where you're like, oh my God, why did I even come out tonight? This is like painful. bored. Right. It's painful. So right. I, I just personally don't want to be bored myself so yeah i I was i'm gonna interrupt here and say i think that this is an interesting topic by way of uh of pure accidental uh you know introduction by dave here that i feel like yeah you have all your influences it doesn't matter where they come from you have to get them somehow and have these sort of gauges of when to turn them on as you perform, work yeah. the room. There's all of these little uh, things going on in your head when you do it until you they're just uh, second nature. Um, Dave's yeah. right. You were, you were a superb front man. I see you work the room. You know how to move. You're a great singer. And these are all of these things that I feel are natural uh, to you, but they come from somewhere is the point. Now let's talk about somebody who might've been a little rough around the edges and an entirely different kind of music other than it's, I still call it rock and roll. Let's talk about James Hatfield from Metallica. You think about from when he was about 16 and 17, he, for a second, he was just the front man. Then, then, you know, he started playing guitar and fronting and, and, there was even rumors of them hiring a front, you know, a front man because he was, he felt like he wasn't, he didn't have the things quickly enough that we're talking about right here. So when you think about where, where does someone like James Hetfield, obviously from the thrash metal world, but you still got to work the audience the same way Lady Gaga does. You see where I'm saying it? It could be anybody. It doesn't, David Lee Roth, whatever, throw a prince. It doesn't matter. There has to be connection between, you know, uh, the front person and the audience. You can't just go out and go, well, this song is called Free Bird. You know, you you can't do that. It has to be, there has to be this connection. And obviously a band like Metallica, they figured it out early on. But I bet oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's rough when you first start. Can you tell us about when you first started and 
how old you were when you realized, oh shit, I got to get this, I got to get my act together because I'm, I'm boring myself because, right. well, it could have been because you were so young. Right. I, I even go back to this, like, I didn't know what to wear. What do lead singers wear? And so I tried so many things, spandex and like, uh, baseball catcher shin guards on my arms. And there, <laughs> there's pictures. It's ridiculous. Long oh, hair, short hair, big hair, eyeliner, <laughs> no eyeliner. You know, it was especially questionable as to do, it, is my sort of personality fitting the music too. Tell us a little bit about how you got that. And I'm kind of pointing somewhere that we can we're going to get into anyway about fashion and about your clothing line. Mm -hmm. So start when you started out young enough to realize, oh man, I I need to. I need some fireworks up here, you know? Yeah. Oh, I remember. I remember it exactly I knew when you that would. happened. Yeah. Because <laughs> me too. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, as a kid in high school, I started out playing bass. And from there, it was, you know, anti-authority, everything, question everything. So punk rock music was definitely the path. And you start playing shows write songs, you go in and out of musicians, you learn a lot. And then kind of as a joke, um, my friend Danny Smash, who was in the Las Vegas, he was in like this kind of glam, almost a cover band called the Nasties. And they needed somebody to sing for him. I'm like, well, I don't have anything to do right now. So I stepped up to the mic and played a couple shows. And then after the third show, I noticed that there was a whole lot of people there, more than usual for anything that I've ever done. And I noticed that everyone was really paying attention. <laughs> uh oh. So after the show, I'm like, I got to stop smoking cigarettes. I got to learn how to sing. I got to take this serious. I got to, I got to do this for real because these people are watching me. And I think when you get up there and people come to see you, it's sort of your responsibility to, well, I guess you can do whatever you want. There's no rules to anything. But me personally, yeah. I, I think you have a responsibility to, I guess, entertain these cats that are coming out to see you and paying some money or just supporting you in any way. And that's kind of like what drove me to sort of get my shit together and be like, all right, well, I got to like figure out the stuff i gotta list i gotta really start listening to these records that i've been listening to for years and i gotta start doing my homework and then from there i felt like the caliber of everything just started to incline including like musicianship and at really everything in life started to get better and i started to see things more i started to learn more and that to me was the, the the thing that got me to where I am right now to, to be like, all right, well, someone actually is giving a shit about what you're doing. So if they like what you're doing now, just think of how good you can get and how much more they're going to like you down the road. If you keep at it and keep doing your homework and keep learning lessons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you obviously developed your style, um, however quickly it was, but whatever it was, it worked. And then, you know, the Las Vegas had a pretty good run there. Um, I, sh I was holding up the, uh, 
an early album. This one is one of my favorites, Bad Decisions. Yeah. You got to have this record, folks, Bad Decisions. And then um, Whatever Gets You Off, uh, produced by Nikki Six. So um, that was interesting. You guys, kind you, you won some sort of contest that was sponsored by Guitar Center or something, and the prize was you won a bunch of gear, you won some studio mm -hmm. time, and Nikki Nikki Six was not only going to produce your your record, but then take you out on tour as the opening act. Tell us a little bit about that whole experience. Uh, that was really interesting, actually. Uh, so uh, I believe, I think it might have been one of, one of the guitar players' sister kind of entered us into this Make Rock History contest, some Guitar Center stuff. And it was brought up at a rehearsal and we're like, yeah, whatever, dude, whatever. Anyway, let's get back to the music. Well, uh, so couple months down the road everyone's like well we got into this guitar center thing with motley crew and we have to go do this now I'm like holy shit <laughs> it's for real no kidding i thought that was just some made up whatever you know so we're on tour um we get the call to go to la and do all this stuff right so we go there we audition we play with like a bunch of different bands and then we got picked to be in like a selective group to go on to the next level. And we were actually uh, st uh, still on tour and they found out that they didn't want us to do it. So we're like, oh, whatever, that's typical, like no big deal. Anyway, on to the next show. And then we get another email later saying like, no, we need you guys back in. And we were actually in Austin, Texas on tour. And it was the morning after that we had this huge party and everything and uh -oh. a little hungover partying with you guys. And uh, they're like, Hey, we got, we got to go back to LA to do this. And I thought it was a joke. I'm like, how funny, you know, but we went back there and out of 8,000 bands, we kind of smoked them all and got a nice little record deal with Nikki and got to work with Nikki quite a bit. And the coolest thing about that, not, I mean, the studio stuff was amazing, but going on the road, Motley Crue was, was really awesome. Because we had done a lot of arena stuff, like sporadically here and there, and maybe like a little bit a weeks here and there, but we haven't done the full-on arena tour where it's like, okay, you're not going to Jimmy's Crab Shack after this. You know, it was just full-on full on tour. So that was, that was so much fun. I could probably still be doing that, actually, if they would let what? me. What was it like working with Nikki? What kind of input did he have? How much time did he spend with you? Was he hands-on? Was he just sort of a, a name to attach to the project? Or was he involved in all this? He was amazing, man. He was just like, a, he is a really, really cool dude. He's super smart. He uh, is kind of like this godfather-like dude that has like a million great ideas and some crazy ideas that I don't think the world would probably be ready for. Uh, but he's absolutely hilarious. And then he would take bits and pieces of stuff that we would have. And it was interesting to see him kind of like rip that apart and kind of paste it back together and maybe simplify some stuff. But I think we learned a lot from Nikki in the studio. And obviously he wanted to, us to do the best that we can without changing us a whole lot which i thought was pretty cool and i respected that quite a bit but he's yeah. brilliant man yeah i mean he was really funny he really he my ribs would be hurting like every night after the studio i'd be like my god that was, he's just hilarious 
I, I was really excited. I was really excited for you guys and proud of you guys that you won that thing because uh, when I heard about it, um, I, I I suspected that just by the nature of the contest and the whole promotional thing or whatever, I was I was under the assumption they would go with a, a relatively safe middle of the road. Uh, don't offend anybody kind of band, you know, just That's, just for the sake of selling right. records or whatever. Um, and so I thought it was cool that they they saw something in you at the last Vegas as, you know, a real legit kick ass rock and roll band. And I was happy that they had the 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 fortitude to choose someone that wasn't so mainstream vanilla, you know. So I was real I was real pleased for you guys. So how long was that arena tour? It was the one leg of the winter leg of the Saints of Los Angeles tour. All right. Okay. Um, I don't know. It might've been like over a month or something like that. I don't know. It, it was, it was a long tour, but it was great. I'd, I'd still be on it if, if I could. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. You know, we talk about this all the time on the show when, when bands go out on, and, and tour together, there's a lot of times there's an assumption that you just party all the time and you're all together all the time. And, and, and we know that that's not really the case. It's oftentimes your ships in the night go in opposite directions on opposite yeah. schedules. Uh, but being that you spent time in the studio with Nikki and, and he sort of had a bit of an, an investment in you guys, was there any, you know, any social hangout time or anything on that tour? Or was it pretty much business? Uh, well, we were doing a lot of interviews with him at that time. So he would always come and hang out with us either on our bus or in our dressing room and talk about like what we got going on for today or tomorrow. And then there'd just be other times where he would just show up and be like how are you guys doing what's yeah. going on how are you liking it kind of thing yeah and so he he's a cool guy man he's just like a, a really cool guy and it's strange to see like some cat that just really is larger than life and so many people look up to him and everything to get to a level where you're like oh it's just, he's just kind of like this awesome like hilarious like big brother type yeah, that can kind of like show you what to do, but he's gonna kick you in the ass and make funny a little bit before you do it. Yeah. Well, he, you know, you got to deserve that, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it, it is really, really cool to see um, the fans and all of his fans, and just how much of a powerful dude that guy has been on pop culture and other people's lives, and it's, yeah. it was very interesting. Yeah. Well, it's a. I'm sure it's an, an experience you'll never forget. And you know, the yeah. Las Vegas had a had a good run. The albums are great. the The stage show is great. Um, for people that aren't familiar, I've always kind of thrown you in the mix with bands like, you know, Aerosmith, GNR, uh, you know, maybe some Black Crows. You know, classic '70s rock with a little touch of maybe some '80s sort of glam rock. Yeah. Um, so things seem to be up and running so and then they weren't so what what's the status of the las vegas today and and whatever happened to that run of momentum uh that's kind of a good question you know it's like they say it's better to burn out than fade away yeah well i don't think we've faded away and i don't, i know we haven't burned out so i don't really know where the hell we are people say rock is dead people say rock is alive never really stopped doing it. I think after a certain amount of um, 
grind. You get a little tired. Um, not of the music, but just of life and like the van and things start changing. You know, people go through divorces, people have kids, uh, people change. Um, and you know, that has a lot to do with probably why we're not slamming 100% and grinding the gears. It sort of came to a point where um, I felt like I needed to get out of Chicago, but I didn't think that would affect the band because the band had already kind of slowed down a little bit. And we, weren't, we weren't really getting on those tours that Nate was, Nate was always been basically our drummer and our manager. Yeah. And I think he kind of like slowed down with that a little bit and things just changed. And he had an insight on like, what was what and some clubs changed, some clubs shut down whatnot. And we just sort of kind of like nonchalantly started to back away a little bit, not really even knowing that we were doing it. Yeah. And, uh, then time just goes by and the next thing you know, it's been a year and it's been another year and, yeah, it's been another year, and um, we're we've been in contact with each other constantly. I just hung out with Nate. He had me do the Dio Cancer Benefit that he was doing. He's in charge of. Nate's out here in Los Angeles too, and uh, he, he had me come sing some Dio songs. So I was. I'm still doing stuff. Nate's still putting me to work. Yeah, doing yeah. stuff. Um, Adam's coming out here in September, and we're gonna hang out and. Um, I mean, the last couple of years, we've all gotten together out here in LA and we have probably like 10 songs that we've demoed out here in like a practice spot that we have. Um, last summer, uh, Danny came out and we recorded with Paul Wiley, who's, uh, I'm in another, they do music with him. Uh, we recorded a really cool song and we have it ready to go. It's probably like the coolest Las Vegas song that we've done in a long, long time. And uh, we're kind of just waiting to get Nate on drums on that. And then eventually I I wanted to do something around Christmas time last year with it. And then Nate's got uh, his baby now. So he's dealing with, with being a dad. So I'm letting him do that for a little while because that's pretty important stuff. Yeah, yeah, congratulations and, um, to Nate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I mean, he's glowing, you know. Yeah. Wow. And so so we've never broken up. We just we just let time slip by and yeah. uh it, every day I know all of us think about it or the social media is always talking about us and stuff still, which yeah. is very very cool. So it's good to know that people are still wanting some music. And, yeah. you know, from touring so much and playing, I really see like there is a little void in some people's lives because they were used to us coming through. And like that was their we were their band, you know, and it's cool to see that that that's still alive. And I'm really looking forward to all of us getting together and possibly doing something. We, we were ready to all go into the studio and do something. And then this COVID thing happened and we were all just like, all right, well, just we'll, we'll put it on ice for now. And yeah, so we got, we, we've been very active in a, like a 
we're not really telling anybody what we're doing, but we, we got a couple songs that are ready to like be unleashed here. We just have to figure it out. And timing is you have a bunch of like alpha, like dudes. So it's like, well, I have this idea and another, we're still the same as what we were when we were in our twenties. Now we're just like a lot older. We're still the same where I have this idea and like, well, I have this idea and then, well, we should just do this idea. And then we just wait around and then time goes and things get involved and projects happen and life happens, you know, but we're very much still alive. We're just kind of like hiding in the shadows still. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're still in touch with each other and there, and there is still some activity, albeit, you know, it might be a little behind the scenes and maybe not as consistent as it would be if it, if the band was everyone's number one priority, but uh, yeah. I know there's an audience out there for the Las Vegas, and so I hope one day we get some new music and possibly a run of dates from you guys. So bring us up. One of the things you've been occupying your time with is this new band called The Claws. And uh, I th- you sent me the album a year ago, two years mm-hmm. ago, a year and a half ago or something. And I'll, I'll tell you, um, I think that record got more spins at my place than probably anything else that I got that last year. I loved it, man. It was, it's, it's a bit different than the Las Vegas. Um, I, I kind of compare it to, um, uh, like the Rolling Stones during that period in the late seventies, early eighties, when they almost kind of flirted with disco a little bit. And I country. need to, I, yeah, I need and to hear that. I'm, I'm behind on that. I don't know that. That sounds great. I love I it's awesome. It. It's like Maybe some. It's somewhere between. It's somewhere between some girls and emotional rescue, oh, and maybe perfect. some tattoo you thrown in. Yeah. But Chad, tell us how did that band come together? Uh, bring us up to speed on that. I, I think you've got another record in the works. Yeah. Um, and just tell us about the claws in general because it's it's a great band. Uh, Gary and I have been friends since I, I think I met him in Cleveland, but he's originally from Pittsburgh. And um, just from being on the road, he was always out to our shows. He moved out to California years and years ago. So every time we were out here, I'd run into him and we just remembered each other. And he's always been a cool cat. And I always enjoyed his his other bands that he, he was in. Adam and Ar- Arling and I we used to listen to his stuff when we were on the road. So I was saying to him when on a vacation before I, I was living out in Los Angeles that, you know, when I do move out here, you and I should just start to play music no expectations it's just like do acoustic guitars and we'll go from there yeah. not trying to like take over the world or anything it's just like we're friends so let's play music together and it started out with us like acoustic guitars and like the wineries and all these like little like little dive bars around la and it was really fun but we got bored with that and then that's when we decided to like take it electric and then from there, I think Gary's songwriting and like his guitar playing, he got away from his acoustic. So he he started to really like there was no holds bar after that. So we would get together and we would come together with lyrics and he comes up with like all these like killer riffs. And we sort of just like put the puzzle pieces together. And for the most part, Gary just will like just be like, hey, check this out. And he'll have it all done. And I'm like, well, I don't really need to even do anything on that. Do that again, because I'm lazy. I don't want to work very hard. So 
so he there's no there it's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh creativity there's that's non non-stop and i think uh we want to be like groovy more than like bashy you know and yeah. i mean his favorite band is like the replacements and the rolling stones you know yeah. and like i'm like my favorite thing is like horror movies and the rolling stones you know yeah. so there we go and that that works and um uh, like horror movie groovy disco you know zombie dance that's pretty much some werewolves and vampires yeah in yeah yeah <laughs> um this i gotta hear this stuff this sounds great i i feel i'll send like you a record that yeah, would the, album, the, album, the album's what, called what, no connection no connection right. okay and it's it's uh, awesome actually here we go there you go. For, i'll send yeah. this to you Ooh, nice oh, that'd be I awesome thank yeah, you yeah it's uh I got blue too. Oh, beautiful. Nice. I love and, it. Uh, so where can people get that? It's still available, obviously. Um, I think Gary's got it up on the uh the website. There's ww.theclaws Los Angeles the Claws. Right. I don't even know. Again. Okay. Right. They they'll like, find technology. it. Technology. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Google that's what Google is for. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you folks need to go. Google it and check it out. It's really, it's really a good album. It's, it's got sort of a vintage feel. And as Chad said, it's got, it, it's kind of groovy and funky and rocking and it's kind of got a seventies, late seventies vibe. And uh, it, it stayed in my stereo for weeks and weeks. And I just fell in love with it. I was happy that you're, if you weren't going to awesome. do the last Vegas, then I was glad to see that you did something really kick-ass. So I'm just yeah. glad that I'm just glad that you were not idle. It doesn't sound like any of the Las Vegas guys are idle at all. Um, no, but I'm. We love music. Yeah, well, of course. And as a as a as a writer and a singer and a frontman and an artist, um, just blurry the word artist and it's just you know multifaceted right. personality that you are. Um, Thanks. I'm just a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're a fan of all this cool stuff, and when you step into the light, there's a there's a little bit for everyone. I think there's a there's a lot of like underground. There's a lot of punk rock. There's a little bit of, you know, you you can throw you can throw some dark tone, but mm -hmm. you also have this sort of like bright light within as well. And not to go hippie shit, I think that there is some destiny with the people that you've met on the road, whether it be things through winning a battle of the bands with the Nikki thing, or mm -hmm. just, you know, meeting some guys and, you know, in Las Vegas as you know, way back. Mm -hmm. And then literally overnight becoming this, uh, you put wheels on it and you went on the yeah. road and you played the shitty bars and you kissed babies and shook hands or you shook For babies sure. and kissed hands. Right. Yeah. And um, that makes that makes it real when you do that. It doesn't matter if you got money in your pocket when you get home. At that point, you went out and did the work because you love doing the work. Mm -hmm. Let's focus on. Yeah. 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 And you love it. Yeah. And you love it. You, you're you mm -hmm. drinking the punch every day. Is it where's my where's my punch? I'm going to drink the, the blood from the chalice again today. Yeah. It doesn't matter as long as I get an hour or so on stage, I feel my day is perfect. Yeah. And I feel like you guys were one of those bands. And, um, 
you know, the thing with, uh, is it Gary from The Claws? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's people like him that you met along the way. This is where the hippie shit comes in. I love it. The the destiny, right? The, it's like, mm-hmm. you, you, you guys weren't planning on, hey, one day we're going to be in a band no. together. It was not, it was unspoken. No. So there was a there was this sort of like pheromone or a cloud or mm-hmm. this thing that this the air that you guys would create together right. was going to be like something. And, and, there, and that's, I'm that's sorry. True. Yeah, there's probably no, that, more people that you met on the road that you that the same thing has happened. It's probably not just Gary. I'm saying that this is this is a thing. I hate to say metaphysical, but you know, that's more hippie shit. And whether you believe that shit or not, I do I just think that you work hard and you're, you make it, you make this tangible. There's, you don't see anything, but there's, there, there's a heavy weight there. Exactly. And you know, at the end of the day, when you're like, wow, that last show was awesome, but this show sucks. At least like, it's like my friend, Will, he told me like, it's better to have something to look at than to not have anything at all. So yeah. that and makes you, a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and you learn from it too, and you know how to, you know what you need to do. It's the same as when you're creating Chad, like when you were in a cover band. Next thing you know, you're having to do it for real, and next thing you know, you're singing your own music. And then after, right after that, you're on the road. So yeah, it's it's kind of real. It, it it's it's something that um, people. Well, they, they think it's really, really cool because they've never done it. And, you know, at certain times I'm like, well, you have like this big mansion that you live in. And like, I just live in a van and I like haven't washed my hair in like a month. I'm like, how do you think I'm cool? You know? And then you realize that you're doing some shit that nobody else either has the balls to do or just doesn't know how to do it. You're not doing it by yourself. You're doing it with like, these family members that you you kind of are forced into a family with these musicians you know and fortunately with me i've been completely i'm either blessed or i just know how to weed out the assholes but all of my friends have been my friends forever well the las vegas guys like even though we haven't played music in a while like we're all we all still talk and we're all it's like they're my like brothers. Yeah, they're you know? not. They're not heavy. They're your brother. They're not expensive. They, they're not expensive friends. That's right. If, if no, it, if, if it costs they're you not money, expensive friends. They're if cheap. It, if it costs, if well, they're supposed to be friends. Or friends are not <laughs> supposed to be. You're supposed to be connected somehow. There's no change of yeah. money. Your money's no good here. That's where that it's comes from. So true. Yeah. And see, you know, Jason, because you've done it on a massive scale. It's, 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 I, I totally like got to say that I appreciate that. That's amazing. And this gets back to, you know, we wouldn't have be we wouldn't be talking right now if we hadn't have done eating, been eating shit sandwiches on the road for years, you know, I wouldn't have ran into you, you know, I would have never ran into Dave or anything. Yeah. So to me, everything that you're saying and that we, we, as the three of us are saying and sort of agreeing on sort of three musketeers, you know, uh, wearing at least boxer shorts, uh, at the same time with torches and pitchforks, we're, you know, it's, that's what it takes. We did the work. There you go. We did the work. You know, you stuck your neck out there for rock and roll and rock and roll patted you on the back and that's all you needed. 
Yeah. If you would have gone out there and gotten butt hurt because you only made 20 bucks that night, you're lucky because that's the bartender who was the only member of the audience. He gave you his tip jar. Right. Things like that happen all the time. And you know what? They're going to happen again. And we know, we know that Mm -hmm. and we're okay with that. Well, I think we figured out what we were made of early on in the game. So after you get the shit kicked out of you, you kind of like understand and you almost respect it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there was no like finish line to it. Like one day it's going to be awesome. Next day could be an absolute garbage. Yeah. You know, with with anything in life. Yeah. Yeah. We're not not, talking about rock and roll and the road and, and you know, how hard it might be to write a great song. You're okay, always exactly. trying to write a great song. That that never you don't write one great song and go, ah, oh, that was awesome. What's you know, you don't rest. You gotta try yeah. to beat it. Exactly. Yeah. People in, don't think like that. They're not thinking like about it like that. You gotta keep eating, man. You gotta keep digesting it and yeah. Seeing what seeing what you're doing, what you're made out of and what you can do. And I mean, I'm like you guys. I love challenge. Yeah. There wasn't a challenge. You'd just be doing the same shit over and over again. You got to kind of like, you got to, you got to have something that takes you out of your comfort box m- yeah. more yeah. than just a little bit, you know? Yeah. And some people like to live out of it. And, <laughs> and, you know, so uh, I wanted, I wanted to ask you something, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know if I heard this through the rumor mill or the grapevine or, or where where this got lodged in my brain. But I seem to recall at one point that Matt Sorum, uh, the drummer for Guns N' Roses and the Cult, and uh, I, I heard that at one point he was in Velvet Revolver as well. I heard at one point that he was he was sniffing around, kind of interested in working with you. Is that is that did I make that up or is that true? We did a show with um I forget the name of his band, but it was him him and his wife. They we we uh, did a support show for them and it was a Jack Daniels event and it was this huge party and we opened up for them and they played and he's like, Wow, well, you know, really like your everything. I love the on bad videos awesome. And he's like, Yeah, I wanna get like in contact with you. So like, how cool is that? months go by and then i just kind of get an email from one of his um business partners or something talking about how like he's interested in me and like scott wyland had left the band from velvet revolver and he likes your style he likes your singing thinks you're a cool dude um we'll get in contact with you later so i'm like shitting my pants i'm like whoa well that's a pretty cool email but then i never heard anything back and like that that whole thing kind of uh duff went to go do loaded and slash found miles kennedy and you know yeah. matt matt was just ended up playing with uh, i think he's still doing music with his wife at the time and whatnot but it was a cool email well Little, I, I, uh, I think it speaks to the caliber of frontman that you are. If a guy who was in a band with Axl Rose and then with Scott Weiland has his eye on you. And again, it just sort of, it sort of reaffirms what I've been saying all along that uh, a guy like Matt Sorum, who's worked with guys like that, isn't calling a slouch. 
You know, he's calling somebody that's got the magic and the fire. And it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was. Real quick, I, before we shift gears, I, wanna, I wanted to ask you about uh, Razor Candy, mm-hmm. another one of your projects. And I, I think, uh, you know, from what I've seen, it's a little more on the darker side, kind of, I don't know, I don't want to put you in a box, but it kind of reminds me in, at times of like Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails, more, mm-hmm. more along that vibe than, say, The Last Vegas. Tell us where that is right now. Uh, that's funny that you said that because uh, it's just Paul Wiley and myself, and Paul is the guitar player for Marilyn Manson. So, okay, kind of like has a little bit to do with like the style and vibe. And I mean, I've always loved those records. I just love the production on all of it. And just love the attitude and the the style of it. So we kind of are dipping into the darker side of what we like you know instead of uh the stranger things spooky stuff we're kind of going full-on texas chainsaw massacre yeah so it's a little bit more on the um uh darker side for sure and a little bit maybe more on the uh psychedelic furs industrial nine inch nails something or other there you go 80s like industrial rock but machines but super pop (laughs) like cheap cheap trick pop when i say pop music whenever i say pop music i'm talking about cheap trick (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not talking about anything else because yeah i i I I love the band name, by the way, uh, yes. Razor Candy. Just that's that's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would wear that T-shirt, right? Wouldn't you? I mean, see, that's the value of a great band name. Even if you've never heard of them, you go buy it because Ooh. look at that. Wouldn't you yeah. buy that at the store if you saw that? Yes, I would. Chad's, Chad's holding up the album right now. We're obsessed with um, horror movies, obviously. I love and this it. is the drive-in theater, and we got Over the Edge playing. The movie yeah. with Matt Dillon movie, oh, yeah, of course, playing in there, and you know it's all the cars, and we got the storm coming on in and whatnot. Right, but we we literally will sit down, and how we how Paul and I come up with Razor Candy songs. Um, he's like, "Hey, I got this really cool guitar riff." I'm like, "Cool, come on over." And that's all we'll have, and then we'll sit down and we'll watch '80s horror movies, and we'll pick pieces and things from that that we like put it all down and like seven hours later, we'll have a song. That's how yeah. we write. So that's how we wrote that whole record. And that's how we're writing. I'm going right to, I'm going to interrupt here. Exactly. The scenario that you came up with is pretty much how I write lyrics, but yeah. it's not, it's not specific to one genre of movie or book right. I'm reading or whatever. But if there's a phrase or a line or something I can, steal without stealing because it's just a phrase or a, well, you're just you know, borrowing yeah 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 and you can that, steal a little bit that a can little turn, bit. yeah that can turn into a whole song that can turn mm-hmm. into a lyric i if i and then if i write a melody using that piece because i've got stacks of folders and pieces of paper and bar napkins that are years old some oh probably decades old of i'm just coming stuff. over we're stuff, starting a band. Stuff I <laughs> awesome. Stuff I heard on the road. Stuff I got from movies, but little bits and pieces. Um, you can make an all pretty awesome ransom note with the shit you I've sure, got. Sure so can. Th- this this stuff, 
exactly the way that you explained it. You had a partner in crime. You put on these movies. You take, you borrow, you put it together. This is a great sort of like, I don't know, writing exercise, not to be a music coach, but that's a writing exercise. It is. The next thing you know, you've got this thing that you're in love with. Mm-hmm. That all it took was a little bit of a uh, little bit of fun homework because it's not really work when you're watching <laughs> you're you're it's drinking the, you're drinking the punch again. Ooh, this is my Hell favorite yeah. wicked Kool Aid. I'm drink this, and next thing you know, you have visions and like you said, it took seven hours, but you've got this awesome new tune that you're proud Ooh. of. And you created something that was never there before. That's right. Something from nothing. Well, wire and wood. You're you know, you're yeah. beating on things and you're wire and wood, right? Mm-hmm. You're something from nothing. That's it. There's that metaphysical thing again. There's the hippie I, shit again. I, I think that's like my favorite thing to do of all time is just to create stuff that's not there. Music uh, or, you know, anything that I do in life, I music is the best because yes. you get to put that out and everybody can hear that or you know yeah that's, uh, it's the ultimate expression and way to share a, a bit of yourself that was that you're not gonna die doing you know and and anyone that is, gets discouraged about you know oh my god i have my, my music and like nobody cares about it well it takes kind of a long time for people to figure it out and people's styles change and their music tastes change so when you have something out People might not understand it. And then 10 years later, they're like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Or, or like what's happening with the Las Vegas right now. We put out all those records. We haven't been doing hardly anything yet. We're doing this HBO thing for James Gunn's new superhero thing. And Netflix wants the bad decision song for like something, you know, that's like, just came out of nowhere and if we hadn't done any of that stuff or we'd be like man nobody wants our stuff or like nobody's paying attention to it it's like the people are paying attention to it just things have to circle around a little bit yeah for for either people to get it or for people just to actually find discover it what you are where you've been and the band films just say say bands the band films just bought a broken teeth song from our first record, which came out twenty years, 20 ago. years ago. Oh my God! We're dying during the lockdown, record. during the lockdown, and it's it came out. I mean, it came out already because they 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 put it in the movie and it came out. You know, hell yeah, they did. That's so awesome. That kind of twenty, you know, t- so exact exactly what you're saying. If you don't, you won't. It, yeah. yeah, you have to. You have to do it, and you know, yeah. I. I a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you have a shelf life. You, you're like, you're supposed to be dead by 27. Like, what? That's ridiculous because, like, I feel like I'm just kind of figuring the shit out now. I've been yeah. doing it, but now I'm like, ooh, I know how to do this better now. And yeah. seniority rules, man. It's cool. Well, yeah. well I want to I jump in and say uh, I love your, just, your whole thing. Your attitude is great, and you're, you're really – uh, nice guy and anyone who's ever met you and knows me they say the same thing um oh. i want to move forward and i want you want to give you a chance to talk about your clothing line and i know that it's not entirely a a, a, a leap away from the music because your clothing the stuff that you create um reflects your music too 
So tell us a little Definitely. bit about where they can see stuff like that and just find some of your, uh, instead of your, your, your sounds, you know, by your music, but your, you know, your, your creations. I'll do a little shameless self-promotion. Why not? There's nothing nothing <laughs> shameless. Nothing. I'm pretty easy it. to find. It's just chadcherryclothing.com. Yeah. And I started it because I needed some shit to wear on stage. <laughs> there we go again. Right. Couldn't find anything to wear. So I would Frankenstein everything to try to make it fit me or like look cool. And, you know, had some time off here and there. So I decided to, you know, I should probably like kind of like start doing like, I should put some another iron in the fire basically sure yeah and and i started it and people started to enjoy it and that fired me up even more so i kept doing it and people kept getting more into it and then i get inspired by that and i keep going and keep going and it's all stuff that i i want to wear so i didn't know if that was gonna like work out or anything for everybody but it seems to be okay and i'm damn busy constantly it's a good yeah. thing and and yeah. some of your clients, I mean, this this is pretty impressive. I mean, you 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 make it sound like uh, you, you're very humble about it. It's just something you started on the side. But I mean, your clothes are being worn by members of the Alice Cooper band. And tell us about some of the who else is out there wearing your clothes. And we're watching them on stage, and we don't even know they're wearing Chad Cherry. I just did Pink's new video. She's like wearing all 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 sorts of my stuff in that one. Cool. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's and like Cher, Cher was in the video too. So it's like, she's wearing my clothes and Cher's there. I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like, yeah. How do I get, how do I get something on Cher next? You yeah, know, right. You got to get some pink on Cher. Right, exactly. <laughs> sounds like a new porno movie or something. I'm oh, sorry. Sure does. Yeah. <laughs> Cher's got some pink on her somewhere. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, it goes from that level to also like bands like Halloween and to, to pink to mm. Alice Cooper to I've done a lot of really cool like metal bands and you know big bands small bands and then people that aren't even in bands that dress way crazier and cooler than people in bands <laughs> so so how does how does uh Alice Cooper discover you do you, do you reach out to him or does he find you how does how does that relationship work I mean how does it go from your garage to pink or Alice it's Cooper I'm going to, have to give credit all to uh, my friend Ryan Roxy for that one. Nice. He yeah. was the one that was kind of like, I want to wear some of this stuff. I got a tour coming out. And then I've kind of been doing a lot of his stuff for a, for a long time. And uh, he's he put me in the direction of, of Alice. And, well, he and is standing right next there. to him. Yeah. <laughs> he's standing right yeah, next right? to him. So yeah. you know, Alice is probably looking over going, hey, what? How come my shit doesn't look that cool? <laughs> I, so I got I've, to hang out with Alice because of it, you know. Oh, nice. Tell us about I, it. I, he's like always been my hero. And, oh, yeah. And one of mine. Really... One of mine. One of ours. Right? Of course. Yeah. Of, yeah. He's I, one of those guys. Yeah. I think he's probably to, to me like like he's the, he's the alpha dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ever since the Muppets. Um, it's over, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember that. If yeah. you can, if you can hang yourself on stage and get into the living room with the Muppets that you know, like young people right. are watching, 
you I pretty know. much covered the gamut. You you and, pretty much know how to do that. And when I was a kid, there was the the neighbor kid. His mom would not let him see that stuff because Alice was too whoa, that's too hardcore, you know. So yeah. you, you know the evolution of shock is a lot different than it was in like the early late seventies, early eighties, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of interesting to think like, Oh my God, that was like such a big taboo back then. Well, that's, and now it's, it's like, that's a learned, that's a learned thing. That young person, friend of yours, mother, what she learned that she was, that was instated in her upbringing that yep. anyone who wears uh you know, melted eyeliner and has yeah. their hair disheveled and wearing a sequence dress and it's 1976 and oh, they man, maybe have some drool coming out of their mouth, which sounds beautiful to us. Oh yeah. Someone Still. told her that's the devil and you need to stay away from that. So yeah. other people embrace other people run away and they're taught that. Yeah. yeah. So and, go ahead, Chad. No, it's funny because the, the, the mom's kid, my friend, he ended up being the biggest, like craziest dude ever. You know, don't show him Alice Cooper. And he went off to do things that are way more crazier than Alice Cooper could have ever that's done. How, that's exactly how that works. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. the sheltered kid who's protected, they're the ones that are going to be yeah. drug dealers or, yeah. uh, or, they're, or worse, you know, <laughs> and they're the one they're or or they're the ones that are going to be you know oh don't show him alice cooper keep him away from kiss and and you know Iggy yeah. pop and and elton john and and, right. and 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 freddie mercury and people like that you know yeah and then at the same time they they become what their parents were all afraid of the whole time it's that's and how it goes. They, and sometimes they become successful uh, entrepreneurs and are artists or these beautiful, incredible, uh, larger than life people. And their parents yeah. are like standing there holding like a sack of groceries going, it's either where did I go wrong? How do you, you have failed me? Oh, right. but I'll I'll take the house you just bought me. Thank right, you. Exactly. Or I have tickets you know, to the show. Right. Yeah. Right. Here's the, the backstage passes. I hate <laughs> yeah. you. I'm proud of you. I hate you. Yeah. I'm proud of you. It's kind of yeah. Yeah. What is up with that? Anyway, that's that's a whole other show. But it but sure is. There's a lot of truth. So yeah. So, so Chad, you're you're now obviously you grew up a rock and roll fan, uh, but you're also uh, very much uh, into the horror movie genre, that sort of thing, and it's reflected, I think, in your in your clothing line and in mm -hmm. in your music. So, which came first for you, the horror movies or rock and roll? I would say horror movies. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, Universal? What was, what was your first horror movie memory that, you know, kind of sucked you into the genre and made you a fan? And then right after that, tell me what was the first rock and roll moment that got you into rock? And then how did you combine the two? Uh, I would be Night of the Living Dead, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. When? I just remember hearing stories of my aunts and my mom going to the drive-in theater and just being terrified and that was it. I'm like, I have to see this. And then one Christmas, I was probably a little too young, but my mom was cool. I had a uh, Night of the Living Dead uh, VHS tape that was uh, in my stocking stuffer. And that was my Christmas. And that was like my next Christmas. And this Christmas, it'll be the Christmas after that. And I just got obsessed with it. And I don't know how that 
turned me into like my obsession with Kiss and Alice Cooper. And then from there, it went to like punk rock because I started to learn how to play music and I started to rebel and I started to question everything like every boy does or should do, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it was Night of the Living Dead and e either Alice Cooper and, and Kiss. I, I think it was Love It to Death. Uh, yeah. It was, I remember just like the black and white cover and just thinking that these guys look like Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. So I liked it. That's a yeah. great then, connection. That's a great sort of like connection there that yeah. some might not even realize that, you yeah. know, the, the black and white thing and, and the, the, and, and even similar, the, the makeup that the guys in the band and that Alice Cooper band are wearing. Yeah. They is, look like is, glam rock yeah. ghouls. Yeah, exactly. Because of the black it. and white, if that would have been a color photo, it may, I mean, eventually you would have, of course, embraced the whole idea of the Alice Cooper thing. But see, now but, the but color the came with Kiss. That yeah. was the, that was like, oh, this is like that, but like an explosion. Yeah. I, but, but I think, I think, uh, not to, not to throw rocks or anything, but I think even if, like, say, the first time you saw Kiss, uh, in a, a black and white photo, you yeah. would have reacted the same way. Oh, yeah, just to kill. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I mean, even yeah. if the first record or even the Dynasty cover where their faces are real big, you know, they started to inject each each member had their own color theme kind of thing. Yep. Even if that would have been black and white, I still would have, where do I sign up? Where, Told where's, me the, too. where's the where's the gooky punch i'm gonna drink where's the seriously what worms do i have to eat i'm ready and from those from the, those bands that's how i started to judge the book by its cover when i would go search for stuff i'm like i have no idea who gbh i'm like i don't know that record cover looks pretty badass i'm yeah. getting it yeah. you know yeah that's yeah. how it all came well and about. then and then eventually that kind of shit turns around and, and these people literally or here i go hippie shit again metaphysically become your friends here uh, and here absolutely. and in reality now you're you you hang out with alice cooper sometimes and you're like you're you and ryan are close and it's yeah. weird it, it's like work with nikki nikki's related to exactly what you're talking about totally man yeah yeah it, it's it's cool sometimes you have to like uh, i've done some stuff that i I don't, I'm not going to say I took for granted, but I think everything just happened and I have to like reflect on it and be like, whoa, I did that. Or somebody will say something and it's like, man, I spent time with like these guys that you have on pedestals and whatnot, or, or they have like stories about it. And I like forget sometimes that I've been like blessed enough to like actually hang out and like create with some of these cats, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Well, Chad, I think that, yeah, I think that you're, I just want to say this again, you're a very important character to rock and roll. And I think Whoa. that, you know, and, and you know that there's a lot of people like, like you and like us and like Dave and like, you know, who are, n n n this is not a fight. We're, it, this is, it's easy for us to be this way. That's and I, I just think that it's, yeah. And it's, and so just continue to keep being Chad Cherry, please. Don't, I don't know any better. Don't do that. 
Hey, Perfect. I, I, wanted to, I have a question. I have a question. You guys are like boosting my ego up here. Yeah, Stop yeah. it. <laughs> well, I have a question that's that's honest, and I, I'm a huge fan of missing persons, and I was wondering if you like the missing persons. Absolutely. Because I feel like they were one of those bands in the early Bozio. 80s that, yeah, that became this, you know, them, and then like even weirder, like the that band Japan. It's kind of proggy oh, yeah. and classical yeah. mixed weird, but... And then missing persons were like this pop band, and you, you know, you're talking about some of your projects and some of your music. I felt like you were sort of talking about this electronic. It's still a rock band, and even punk rock yeah. sounding, but it had all these other sort of uh, monikers as well, just because of the climate change of music and whatever. But, right. But the clothing, the just everything about them, they just look like an explosion went off in a in a makeup factory. You know, Sephora, <laughs> Sephora, everybody just, you know, did a bunch of drugs and had a party, had a rave inside of a Sephora store with nine inch nails on 10 or something. And, 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 uh, and they made, and they made a pop band out of it, missing persons and like yeah. the destination totally. unknown, uh, Love mental it. hopscotch. I think that the, you know, walking in LA, I had feel that like record. the, Though, me too. Those songs are similar to some of the things that you're talking about. But but you go back. You like heavy metal. You like punk rock. I you do. like, yeah. So I just I, feel I like I had to ask you, missing persons, yay or nay? And you say yay. Yay. Hell yay. Yeah. yeah. Hell yay. She's, she was just like, uh, this, I don't know why no one ever talks more about her. Dale, yeah. You, you see those like videos of her, and she looks like Nina Hagen before Nina Hagen, before Lady Gaga, before yeah. any top. of that stuff, you know? Yeah. Over the top. She yeah. just had a cool presence and she could sing, and it was mm -hmm. weird and it was yeah. kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I hear things about her, not to make this be about her missing persons, but um, I hear that she's a little difficult to work with. Now, I wouldn't know firsthand but i just hear things that she's a little runs a tight ship will fly off the handle at someone if it's not mm -hmm. her way and things like that i get that but yeah i mean you gotta have a little bit of gotta have a little bit of boss in you i guess you know yeah, yeah. i, I just work of... with my friends all the time and like i just i i you gotta just work with your friends yeah. i think then then you got a good team. Then you don't have to get frustrated or pissed off. You're, yeah. you're always going to get frustrated and pissed off just a little bit less. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Maybe, so, maybe she uh, needs to work with her friends more. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you since we were on the subject of horror movies earlier, uh, I know this was a big deal for you. Um, uh, and I just want you to spend a couple minutes telling us, um, one of your videos, the Las Vegas, you had Sybil Danning starring mm -hmm. in your video and she is uh, best known as being sort of a B movie actress from, you know, mm -hmm. especially in the seventies. I know she did reform school girls with Wendy O. Williams. Oh yeah. And I think she did chained heat and some, some other, I'm not, a, I'm not a movie aficionado. Yeah. You guys are, but anyway, she's a big deal in that circle. And I know that had to be a major score for you being the fan of that genre that you are. So how did that come about? How did you get her to be in your video? Um, I just kind of like, I think I, this is crazy because I don't even, I don't really do social media a ton. I do the Instagram thing, but maybe 2000 and 
I don't even know when the other side came out, whatever year that was. I saw her on uh, Twitter and I just messaged her from there and we just became physical friends yeah. from, from there on out. And she, we, she flew out and she was here for like a couple of days and yeah, we're just good friends and I'm good wow. friends with her husband. And I saw her last year at uh, monster Palooza and we hung out the whole time. That's yeah. Awesome. She, She's a legend, man. Yeah, that's why I asked because it's it's a big deal for people that are, you know, that that are into that genre and know who she is. It's pretty cool that you had her in your video. And the video is great. It's if you haven't seen it, it's called uh, The Other Side. It's uh by the Las Vegas. It's a really cool video starring Sybil Danning. Yeah. Um Chad, real quick before we let you go, I need to know when can we expect the next Claws album? Uh well, we got 14 songs in the can. Wow. As of like three days ago, almost final mix, couple tweaks here and there. Okay. Um, probably do like maybe a 10 song record. And um, hopefully, I don't have a timeline on it. I'm just waiting for whoever is foolish enough to want to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's close to the finish line, it sounds like. So I'm, I'm excited about that because the last one, again, it's called No Connection. I loved it. And I, I think our listeners will dig it too. I've turned a few people onto it and they're like, Oh my God, dude, thank you so much for this. This is awesome. So the before, da- before Dave takes us out, I just want to tell everyone listening that it's been an honor to talk to Chad today. And he's, uh, it's awesome to call you a friend, uh, who is very unafraid. You are wow. unafraid. And is that is the person. highest compliment I can give anyone. Uh, a lot of people are shadowed by their fears and you are not. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for being with us today. Anything coming from you, Jason. Thank you. You could tell me to jump off a bridge and I I would probably do it. (laughs) (laughs) He tells me that once a week and I still haven't done it. (laughs) No, Dave, don't jump. (laughs) All right. Well, Chad, I I, I echo Jason's uh, sentiments. Uh, Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being such an active part of uh, the arts, rock and roll, your clothing line, just being a cool dude. Um, There's so much to like about you and uh, it's, it's no, no wonder we're friends. So uh, keep doing what you do. And uh, I'm still here in Austin. So next time you drive through and you need some barbecue, just give me a shout. I'm, I'm crashing in the big room. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Talk Louder podcast. I'm Metal Dave Glessner. On behalf of my co-host, Jason McMaster, our very special guest today, Chad Cherry, we thank you all for listening to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast.